Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Baba. Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Appreciate you spending uh, some of that period of time with us. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, at quarter after. In fact, about uh, 13 minutes from now, we will uh, get Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. Had to go a little bit earlier this morning as he's been summoned to Andy Reid's office uh, at 11.30. So we will be done with Mitch. Plenty of time for him to get down the hall uh, and talk to the uh, head man with the Chiefs. But Mitch Holtis will join us at quarter after 11. Uh, about 11.45 or sometime in that uh, vicinity, Dave Sproul will join us from 1430 KSI. Uh, that's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Dave will recap the game, preview uh, what's coming up women's-wise, and look, take a look ahead to Oklahoma State this weekend. I think it's a tricky spot. Good morning, but so first too. of all. I, is that where you want to start after last night? But yeah. already looking ahead, and there's something about that game that kind of jumps I'm with off the you, page. especially with the as bananas as Hilton was last mm-hmm. night, and the players coming off the floor, and uh, Shuni and uh, uh, oh, a couple of other uh, teammates. Uh, Holmes was was into it. Um, we'll get more of that uh, coming up. We've got a recap, which was a phenomenal night, 11 point win for Iowa State. Uh, but Dave Sproul will join us at 11:45. Uh, Steve Patterson is going to join us coming up at 12.05. He is the longest tenured scribe on the Hawkeye beat. He was the only one that is still on the beat that was in attendance for the opening of Carver Hawkeye Arena. That anniversary happened just, uh, what, two weeks back, going back to the Indiana game and that anniversary. So we'll talk about memories. Carver, 40 years later. Uh Huh. Unbelievable. How about the fact that he's uh, still doing what he's doing? And he hustles. You know, I see him and he's at a St. Ambrose game. Mm-hmm. He's doing a high school game. I and mean, he just does mm-hmm. does everything. Us old guys it. have to work outwork you young guys. That's the key. Knock For it Petey, off over here. Petey? Uh, Petey, I, I believe. You know, he's... Don't, don't lump you in with those old guys that are working. <laughs> well, I am part of the old guys. So, well, you got the old guy. That maybe we'll leave it there. That's a fair 1256, point. 1256, darting out the door. Well, I got another job to get to. That's true. You do um, Anyways, we'll talk to Steve Batterson. Looking forward. Still with the Quad City Times? Yes. Jeez. Uh, good for him. Uh, so we'll go down memory lane with uh, Bat coming up here at about 12.05. And then off to Chicago, David Kaplan joins us. And now what is his weekly spot? He's had to uh, push back a little bit, so he'll get us to 12.30. Kevin Warren met the media yesterday uh, by reading Cappy's Twitter account. Uh, you'd think that um, they haven't won the Super Bowl, but it seems like they're already planning the parade with Kevin Warren coming aboard. Uh, but we'll get into the Bears and the Cubs and the uh, uh, White Sox, etc., with Cappy coming up here at 12.30. You found some uh, interesting odds divisional-wide. We'll get to the high state. Just give me a minute here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we both love both, baseball moves both of our needles. And uh, in where we sit, the American League Central and the National League Central do as well. I'm surprised the White Sox are the second choice behind Cleveland and ahead of Minnesota. What did they do this offseason to get better? Mm. That's just it. Nothing? I kind of think that's the right answer. I I don't get it. I'm with you. And I know I'm a Twins fan. 
And I know last year I ran to the window when they got Correa to get an over ticket. Mm-hmm. And then we came up a half game short. Yeah, well, we already spent the money because they were home free. <laughs> and then they weren't. <laughs> right. Because September baseball. Oh, but they're bad. The gap between the Guardians and the Twins. You want to tell me the Guardians are, are better? And I, You know do- what, Trent? I can't. I'm, I'm fu- I mean, but, I think they're better. I don't think it's a massive gap. But you make that argument, okay. Mm-hmm. But the White Sox, and a pretty significant difference between where the Twins are and the White Sox, I... They got a new manager. They replaced a Hall of Fame manager. So here's the numbers. Guardians plus 130. White Sox plus 165. Mm-mm. Twins plus 275. The gap's not that significant, no. is it? The wrong team is the second choice. I'm with you. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I think in the National League as well. Cardinals are overwhelming mm-hmm. to win the Central. And then the Brewers? At plus 152. If they were plus 250, maybe I could think myself into mm-hmm. it. Top of the rotation, bounce back year, yellow another year. They're trying to move those guys. <laughs> they are. And if they start out poorly, you already got the bet. You, we talked about this on our TV show. <laughs> Great counsel. First manager to be fired. When those numbers come out, I am right there with you. Let's look together. When yeah. those things come out for the first time, I am jumping aboard. That's going to be a family play. We're both jumping on that one. <laughs> yeah. Because I think you Some have Some guy's demise nailed. we're both betting on. <laughs> well, hey, it's wagering opportunities. Yeah, you know what? And these guys, they know at some point And the Cubs are plus 450. Trent, I like what the Cubs I, did this I'm going to have a Cubs ticket. I, I am, am too. I'm I am too. I'm not, I don't think they're better than the Cardinals. No, not at all. But I think that they're the second best team in that division. And at I mean, that the price, Pirates, the Reds, please. Right. And that price, yeah. There you go, four fifty. Let's get to Hilton last night. Oh. What a buzzsaw! What a what a difference Gabe Kalsher made in that basketball game. Um, in, in so many areas, yeah, he scored, but he was in cars. You know what? Mm. All night long, these two former teammates. Um, again, going by Chris's and other uh, media that were there. This was a physical. In your shorts kind of basketball game last night um, with, as Chris said, two teams that he said hate each other. (laughs) And and I think that that's probably, you're you're probably going to ratchet it up anytime it's a Texas or an Oklahoma knowing that they're, you know, they're, they're running away, right? They're, they're leaving you behind. Um, But this was when Kalsher had to sit and he only sat briefly Mm -hmm. and then was reinserted into the game. Boom. The deficit was gone, or very quickly thereafter, mm-hmm. and it was game on. And his defense on Carr, um, what a game last night. It really was. I thought Texas was, and I still think Texas, oh, that that whole conference, though. Yes. <laughs> Cause I think Texas is, will I be surprised if it's them that's cutting down the nets in Kansas City or ultimately wins the conference overall? No, I could say that about three or four teams in the Big 12, and Texas is one of them. They're really talented. In an environment like that, I, I walked away impressed by Texas. Mm-hmm. I wondered. I, I still wonder about this team. And with what's gone on, mm-hmm. they're so talented. Yep. They're, they're so good. And right coach, you know, situation, it's going to be... I'm not sure Jordan Terry's the guy or not. But, you know, if Terry takes this team to an Elite Eight... Yeah, then he is the guy. You know, and, and wins a conference championship, uh-huh. finishes second behind Kansas, something like that. Yeah, you absolutely have to think about it. But they are fun to watch, and yet the way that Iowa State was up on mm. them, the physicality that oh. they were playing with, just and the environment. There's a lot of good environments in college basketball. Yeah, yeah. There was a good one just down the road, down to Manhattan. That Kansas was phenomenal too. last night, by the way, Bramlage. But are you going to find a better environment in college basketball this year than that? 
I, I, I just don't think you can. It, from, it's on the short list. Right. Whatever from, your criteria is, that's uh, Hilton's making the cut. Waiting to get in. Yeah. The students there. Yeah. The whiteout, which looked incredible. It looked really good, didn't it? That was really, yeah. really cool The Monopoly see. money that when, he, when Hunter <laughs> yes. was introduced that was thrown up. The booze every time. And uh-huh. yet, he's hitting those shots early on. But all. until the second media timeout, and then after that, he did squat. And absolutely nothing. And there was something apropos about that play in the second half as he's going up, looked like he's got a, a way to the rim. And, and they didn't know who it was. it Watson or was it Lipsy that got the ball? And, and he's first credited uh, Watson. By the yeah. way, Kevin Lehman on the call last night. Good to hear. And then realized it was Lipsy. There was an angle. I'm not sure if it was from 13 or 8. but it was oh, it was one, one of, the, of the locals? Yeah. yeah. And, and saw there, it was, I think it was, regardless, it was one of the two. Yeah. Don't want to give credit where it's not due. but. Right. Watching their highlight packages from both of them last night, and you could see from that angle, Lipsy from behind there. Yeah. And just, and Lipsy, you know, just doing Taman Lipsy mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And just, maybe there was a, a wasn't a great of a, last night, but there was a little smirk there, you know, just yeah. a, a little smile. And the former point guard and the current point guard. <laughs> and hearing the way the crowd oh, reacted my. to that. Yeah. A uh, couple of my, my friends on, on Facebook that were there, a couple of Cyclone buddies, had a couple of videos up and, and just, that it's one thing on TV, but yeah. you know, kind of getting that yep. inside viewpoint from his seats mm-hmm. and just how cool that was. It was, it was a special night. That one will be yep. remembered for a really long time. I, I'm with you. Somebody's going to have to help me out. Why Trey King got teed up? I mean, I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I saw a little set two underneath the basket. Maybe this was the officials. We need to clean it up. Yeah. There's been yeah. so much jawing. Yep. Next one's going to get one. we yep. got to send a message kind of thing. Trent, I think that had to be it, yeah. right? Because it wasn't anything egregious compared to No, but the it jaw did look as though throughout. they were coming to that point where, you know what, this is about to, this powder keg's about to blow. Absolutely. So maybe, yeah, that was probably what it was. Uh, but I thought that was a little ticky-tack as well. Shuni was out of his mind in that game last night. Holmes, my God, he was good. Because he was also hitting shots from the outside. Yes. It wasn't bully right. ball. No. Put your head down, get to lane. Right. When he and it just takes a couple. Yeah. Just a couple of shots. Get the he, like get the yeah, absolutely. Take the lid off it and and away he goes. Maybe uh, another favorite moment. I Grill going down and telling the timeout. The coaching staff. I, it's funny, right? But but you got to go to Austin. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> was exactly my I I have that exactly in my notes right now. Yeah. You still got to play him again. Right. Right, because <laughs> it, it was funny, and another another moment that so, Cyclone fans will remember this game, and they'll remember that a- moment absolutely. Because you don't see that, you yep. don't see guys. Totally hey, you agree. need a timeout. Yep, and, and making the signal yep. to him as he's running down. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now the good news is, is the game when the the return match is not on ESPN Plus. Oh, that's good. But it's on the Longhorn Network. But, I mean, that, that's good for DirecTV um, subscribers because that gets us. Uh, we we get that, but. Oh, these, I mean, this schedule that Iowa State is currently in, look, I guess you could say that for the entire conference, right? Pick your team and look at their two before and two coming up afterwards, and there's a pretty good chance it's going to be daunting. But real quick, Jeff, we'll get to you in a second, then we got to get Mitch Holtis in here. It's funny, Trent, that uh, when we were taping our Mediacom show earlier today, uh, you mentioned the Oklahoma, and I could not agree with you more. This is going to take TJ some of his best voodoo magic to get this team. Don't you have to have a letdown after mm-hmm. if a woulda, shoulda in Lawrence and coming back and beating Texas, who the fan base despises? Right. Isn't this the recipe? 
You know, you hear, you look at the football scale, oh, there's the sandwich game, the yeah. proverbial sandwich. Doesn't this feel like that to you? Absolutely. There's not a doubt in my mind this is going to be as difficult of a just mental space yes. that a team is going to go through. And I've already seen it, too. People are already talking about next week with Kansas State, obviously what they did. Oof. A potential top 10 showdown with the teams pay, picked 8th and 10th yeah. in the preseason. And people are already talking about that. Slow down. It's the Big yeah. 12, and both those teams have mm-hmm. games this weekend. For Iowa State, it's a road trip down to Stillwater. For T- uh, K-State, they got Texas Tech coming in. Mm. And Fardaz Amok is back with that squad, and he played pretty well uh, the first game against Texas. So there's no easy ones here. No. And it is so dangerous to look ahead in any fashion. I, both those teams, be careful. K-State, emotional letdown after that performance yeah. and what you saw. It's at, back at the Octagon of Doom. You know the environment's going to be a little bit different for Texas Tech as opposed to what it was last no. night for Kansas. Now Iowa State's got to go to a building that'll have mm. be 35, empty. Eh, 35, 4,500 yeah. people in there. Now create your excitement after mm-hmm. what you just played in. It's going to be tough for both of those teams. All right, we'll get Mitch Holtis here momentarily. Let's get Jeff in here real quick. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well. Uh, first, in my opinion, I thought the letdown could have been last night after an emotional loss in Lawrence. Yeah, except it was Texas. I, I thought because it's Texas, I thought that, that would, they'd avoid that. But anyways, go ahead, Jeff. Um, and let's, you know, they made a point of this in the uh, broadcast, and I want to bring it to you guys and the listeners. The way TJ recruits, and they said it last night, he's not looking for five stars, which they're getting some five stars next year. He's looking for the right fit for the kids that want to defend, mm-hmm. that got, you know, a transfer or maybe, you know, had the wrong way and got a little bit out of line and wants to give them one more chance to fit into his system. Yep. And all those numbers are clicking. Now, you guys touched on Holmes. Holmes averages 12 points a game yeah. at 21. Yep. And he was efficient on what he was doing. Um, you talked about Oshuni. In the second half, Texas went small. And Oshuni got a little bit of foul trouble, but when Oshuni catches it from the free throw line extended and just takes one dribble, Texas had zero answers. No, you're 100 percent right. Real quick, Jeff, you got like 15 seconds. We got to get to Mitch Holtis. He's... Okay, here's I agree with you Saturday, but we talk about Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa State aims or not, they're clicking, guys. Yeah, you guys touched base on it yesterday. If they get if they can get Des Moines, those first two games, Des Moines, is going to be absolutely pandemonium. Yeah, and a tough ticket as well. Jeff, good to hear from you. Let's get the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm sure he watched K-State Kansas last night. Bramlage was rocking, Mitch Holtis. Are you there? I am here. Yes. Sorry. I am here, yes. yes. Thank I, you. I said Bramlage was rocking last night. Mitch, did you happen to catch it? Oh, my. Well, I was working... Uh, but had it over my shoulder, uh, yes, I did. And truthfully, uh, you know, I've, I've known Tang a while. Mm-hmm. He, I'd do a lot of games at Baylor, and he would be there. And Baylor was always getting dudes, and it reminded me of Charlie Spooner and all the games I did with the late yeah. Coach Spoon. That When Coach Spoon was going up against Homer Drew, it always bothered Spoon because he goes, why is Homer always happier than I am? <laughs> and I'm the happiest guy in America, and Homer's happier than me. Is anybody happier than Jerome Tang? Mm. Uh, and the fact that he just, uh, the energy he's put into the program to get those guys in there, uh, I mean, they're legit. This is going to be real interesting here uh, coming down the stretch into mm. February with, with Iowa State and K-State and KU. No doubt about it. Well, let's get to uh, Jacksonville and the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, these two teams played early November 
Kind of got a, a little bit chippy in that football game, if memory serves, Mitch. When you look back to the Jacksonville game, what do you remember about it? I remember after the game, uh, actually the Monday after that game, telling Matt McMullen, our senior team reporter, that you could see a slip and surge in the AFC South. Mm. We had just played Tennessee, and then we played Jacksonville back-to-back, and I'd done a deep dive into both of those teams, like really digging in to see what they're about. I said, Matt, I'm not going to be stunned if this thing goes completely different uh, from now to the end of the season, and that's what happened. Jacksonville surged past uh, Tennessee. They're talented. They're feisty. Yes, they're physical. This is the game where uh, Andre Sisco, the safety, knocked out Juju Smith-Schuster or attempted to and, and put him in a concussion protocol and tried to do the same to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But this is a young, feisty Jaguar defense that has forced 27 takeaways, only Dallas forced more, uh, 13 fumble recoveries, their second in the league, and then scoring off turnovers, their second in the league, to New England. So the Chiefs have their hands full. The Chiefs are going to be on their A game playing a team coming in with supreme confidence. That confidence certainly has been there for Trevor Lawrence, an awful start to his playoff career, and then bounce back, obviously, in the comeback. But Really, for the last two months, he has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Feels like Trevor Lawrence is starting to figure it out a lot more. What have you seen out of them and out of him this week as he's been preparing for the Jags and his development, how he's improved here in the back half of year number two? I've seen the same thing globally with them that I saw in Kansas City 10 years ago. Culture change is, we talk about Jerome Tang here mm-hmm. uh, mm. and what he's doing at K-State. Culture change, uh, we talk about it all the time but it's very difficult to do. But then you see it manifested, which is what Doug Peterson, who's from the Andy Reid tree, he was Andy Reid's first quarterback in Philadelphia in 99, and then he was here as offensive coordinator in 13, 14, 15. Doug's a really sharp guy, but he's a culture guy. He's much like Jerome Tang, very happy, um, bringing you know positive output. And I think that with Trevor Lawrence, he has, he's worked with him, first of all, surrounded him with a better cast, but two, has given him... Hey, think about this. What do you what do you think about that? I mean, that's the discussion that goes on here all the time with Coach Reed and, and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy and, and Patrick Mahomes. But it's also been Trent the turnovers reduced. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has turned the ball over in two years thirty nine times. He still mm-hmm. has the most lost fumbles this year in the National Football League, and he gets way too many passes deflected for a six six quarterback. That's a big key for the yeah. Chiefs because the ball comes out fast with this guy. You've got to get deflections, which is what the Chargers did to him. Three of those four picks you alluded to are off deflections. You know, it's weird. The two, two quarterbacks, both six foot six, Justin Herbert yeah. and Trevor Lawrence get more balls batted down, I think, than anybody. I, w- I wonder what that is. So back to Jacksonville, Mitch. And here's the thing when it comes to the AFC South. And then to be truthful, the NFC South in summary, it's, it's just, I just don't see a lot of those divisions, right? Those teams just don't move many, very many needles. But when you look at mm-hmm. Jacksonville, what's underrated, what kind of has snuck up on me is the skill positions. Yeah, we saw Travis Etienne Mm -hmm. at Clemson, but it's Christian Kirk and it's Zay Jones. They've got some dudes. Mm -hmm. Yep, Marvin Jones Jr., but I'm going to tell you where the center of the universe, I think, starts for them, and it's where they went when the things were the lowest of low, and that was to Ingram, the tight end, Evan Ingram, who they picked up from the New York Giants. So, yes, I agree with you, Ken, on all those guys, but I really think where, um, and he's not Travis Kelsey, but you can see Doug at work here, in that, okay, lowest common denominator, we're going to start tight end, and then the neutrons and protrons will go off that nucleus. 
And you're seeing Trevor Lawrence rely on Evan Ingram more and more and more as these weeks go on. Kansas City, awful buy. Andy Reid, awful buy. Mm. Every single time it comes up. How does this guy do it? Why is it different? And why doesn't everybody just steal his blueprint and do the same thing? Mm. I don't know. Why is everybody not Einstein? <laughs> I mean, you could go to principal today at the intergalactic headquarters or go to hy V and go, why is not everybody as sharp as this gal mm. or this guy? Um, Andy Reid is exceptionally bright, and it's and it's underrated in how bright he is and the way he sees things, not in three dimensions, but in five dimensions. I'm going to give you another one because this is another one that's a very underrated stat. In rematch games, now most of those are division in the regular season, but you get a game like this, which is a rematch game in the postseason. Since 2016, this run of seven straight division titles, Andy Reid is 24-6 and six in rematch games. And I would tell you, Trent, that's almost as impressive or more than the bye week because of how the NFL is. Everybody knows that when they flush, you know, when you flush your teeth and when you eat breakfast. But for Andy Reid to be so strong in rematch games is uncanny. Speaking of strong, Chris Jones is, I mean, he's just mm. throwing guys around. I, I, I'm not, I, I knew he was good. Um, I, I think he's playing his best football, Mitch. I really do. Fair? No question, Ken, and I think it's an excellent observation. Now, people will learn to pay attention to our training camp reports. Yes. Because we were chatting about Chris Jones as early as the first week of August because he came into mini camp and he came into training camp on fire, and he's never stopped. And the big difference between Chris this year and his years past have been there were flashes, right? He'd go for two weeks and just dominate, and then, hey, where's Chris? It's been that way every week. And it's not just getting sacks. We had 15 and a half. It's the way he affects a game in so many other ways. My favorite stat of this cheese defense, and this goes back to what I was saying coming into this Jaguar game, is the fact that the Chiefs defensive front seven has deflected 33 passes. Um, Carlos Dunlap's got eight. Karloftis, the rookie's got seven. Chris Jones has four. But when you look at Chris Jones, force fumbles, fumbles, stuffs on runs, what he does to create opportunities for others to either get a sack or a deflection, is that's where it's the non-stat stat. And that's where Chris Jones has been so impactful and so consistent. Well, next week it'll be there be those three options. You're staying home, you're staying home, or you're headed to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Yeah. Mitch, let's talk about Papa John's. I know you got a hard stop. you got to get to Coach Reed's office. Papa yes, John's, sir. what's going on? Well, this is kind of fun. This is for the playoffs. I reached out to Matt Donaldson. He goes, get ready for this one. Mm. You can pick. Think about offense, defense, and special teams. This will be right in Trent's alley. Because mm-hmm. pick among this group. Pop pairings. Mm-hmm. And it's six ninety nine each. A medium one-topping pizza, cookie six-piece wings, ten-piece chick poppers, papadillas, breadsticks, cheese sticks, garlic knots, chocolate chip cookie, chocolate chip brownie, cinnamon pull-apart. So much to choose. Choices. And that's all for the playoffs, baby. Just let her roll at Papa John's. Good stuff, Mitch Holtis. We'll speak with you next week. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Papa John's uh, sponsor. So the number's eight and a half. Yeah. Um, Do you watch much Jacksonville? Not a ton. No, I'm with you, right? It's it's that whole division. Who watches the Texans? Right. Who who watches Jacksonville? Yeah. Eight and a half. Kansas City's played a lot of games. They do. Kansas City's played a lot of close games. Yeah. 
Their ATS record this year has not been very good. Okay. I think it's one of the lowest in the NFL this season, if memory serves. I, I got to hear. Let's see. You know who covered the most this year? Who covered the most games yeah. this year? No, I have no idea. The Giants. 14 and 4. They're a tricky they're a tricky dog this week, TC. Cincinnati and Detroit both 12 and 5. You go to the bottom end. Uh-huh. Tampa Bay was the worst. That's the Brady factor. The Bears. Uh-huh. 5-11-1. And there's the Kansas City Chiefs, 6-10-1 mm. against the number. I know I'm playing I'm grabbing the points this week. It just the, Well, is, is there any chance it gets to nine, nine and a half? Maybe. Because it's the Chiefs, right? They're a public team. It's Patrick Mahomes. Well, and looking at the public numbers right now, 64% of the money and 59% of the tickets are on Kansas City. Yet it opened at nine and it's ticked down yeah, to, to eight, eight and, and a half. half reverse yeah. line movement. Mm-hmm. Does that continue? We no, I don't money think on it the will. Jags? Public money on Kansas This is probably going to be a pros versus Joes game, right? Yeah. Professional battlers will yeah. be on Jacksonville. The, Taking the, number. the casual will mm-hmm. be on Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now, could I put the Chiefs in a money line parlay? I think I could do that. I think that would make sense. But yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Yet, they look so bad early on. And you can't do that against Kansas City. Right? No. I mean, it's no, 52-7. No. Right. If you do the same it's thing. It's one thing to you know to fall behind the Chargers. Yeah. It's another to fall behind Patrick Mahomes. And the Chargering. Yeah. That is going to be happening. It's inevitable. Yes. That's what they do. Yeah, I like Jacksonville in this spot. I don't think they'll win, but... Here's, here's, here's where I think they've got maybe a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. You go back to last weekend. Miami showed up in San Francisco, house money, nothing right. to lose, played loose. Um, Miami showed up in Buffalo. Um, Seattle showed up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. nothing to lose. Both of those two teams, big dogs, uh, not supposed to be there, going to get clobbered. And they play tough, at least for a little while. That's why I'm wondering if Jacksonville can hang around in this game. They're not supposed to be here. Right. Playing with house this, money. This team was awful early in the year. Young and dumb. Right. We kind of said that same thing with Cincinnati last year, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. That's Remember true. how they escaped yes. in week one in their first playoff uh-huh. matchup? They weren't supposed to even be in the division. That was around. against the Raiders, right? And absolutely. Yeah. Right team didn't win. Mm-hmm. And there they were. Mm-hmm. Playing with house money. Playing loose. Offensive line battered. And they found a way. Jacksonville's got talent. I know there's no doubt about that. This Christian Kirk is one of those guys that, whew, uh, Zay Jones another. So am I crazy? I know you're going to say yes. Yes, yes. I think the Giants are going to give the Eagles all they want. Why? I, I just love the way this, Daniel, I get it. The Vikings are an awful defensive team. Terrible. Worst, one of the worst playoff teams all time in DVOA. All time. Yeah. They were a fraud. They they were weren't as good as the record indicated that they were. I'll give you that. How do you stop Philadelphia? You stop the run. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence is pretty good at that. He's the one. Yeah, twenty six in the NFL in rush defense. Mm-hmm. It's not a good start against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Now, are you of the belief that Jalen Hurts is not quite back? Because if you can sell that to me, I. See, I, think that he, I think he is back, but I think that, that Daniel Jones is playing way better than anybody ever thought he he could play, against the possibly Vikings. could play. Against the Vikings. I get it. Their defense is terrible. <laughs> and terrible. The Eagles' defense is not terrible. You really... So not I, just even cover You think the Giants can win this I'm game? I'm going to put the... I'm going to take... I'm going to do a money line parlay. Okay. Chiefs to Giants on Saturday. Chiefs to... What's yeah. that pay? Plus 228. Eh, eh that doesn't... 
I don't. I'm not seeing that. Giants have pedestrian receivers, right? Slayton's okay. He's okay, yeah. Okay. Barkley's a difference maker he in is. the running back position. Um, I think the Jaguars have a better chance of an upset than the Giants. You do? Team. I do. If I had to take a pick between those, those two, two on the dollars. money line. And they're both about there. But you know, when uh, Jacksonville gets eight and a half, the Giants get seven and a half. I'm seeing, yeah, plus 255. Jags plus 335. Wow. Um, yeah, it would definitely be Jacksonville for me. I, I can't play that game. Too much. Uh-huh. When we saw these two teams play, not the game that didn't matter. At the right, end of the early season. in the season, yeah. Right, the the other matchup between the two. When Philly was blo- was blowing everybody out. Right. Different Philadelphia team uh-huh. then, right, than the one that we see now. What week was that? That was da, 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 December 11th. So not that long no, ago. No, no, that's true. They Yeah, they played both in December, so that Philadelphia had gone through their hot streak. 48-22 uh-huh. was the final there. Yeah. Jumped out 24-7 at the half. Jalen Hurts, a couple of touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, a couple of touchdown runs, 144 yards. I just, matchup wise, I can't see it with Held the Held Barkley to 28 yards. <laughs> Yikes. Those, I just can't see it. Those pedestrian receivers did squat. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, I'm talking you out of it now a little bit. I kind of am. I just, I mean, it's the Vikings, man. It's their defense is just, they were so bad. They just ran through them. Daniel Jones, though, for. Look, I wish he was Denver's quarterback. All right, slow down. Well, I mean, I wish there was 30, there's 31 others I wish were Denver's quarterback opposed to this bum. Russell Wilson's going to be okay. Yeah, please. Please. I'm betting him comeback player. Of the Are year. you? Yes. I don't think it's over for him. He had a moron as a head coach. Yep. An absolute... A, a moron that, I, that Aaron Rodgers wanted to be his head coach. Well, Aaron Rodgers is a moron himself. Different reasons. Not a football yeah. moron. I think Brett Rippon was the best quarterback on the roster last year in Denver. Brett Rippon. It's not over for Russell. There's still something left in the tank. Fingers crossed, Trent. Fingers crossed. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Anyways, we'll take a timeout. Denver's out. We don't need to talk about them. Uh, We'll uh, come back, spend a couple of minutes, and then uh, just a quick segment. We will get to Dave Sproul coming up here about 1145-ish. Back to Hilton Coliseum, we will go with Dave as Iowa State picks off Texas. Boy, it feels like there's a void tonight with the Hawks not playing, it right? Is. And there's been no determination as to when this game is going to be rescheduled? Well, I saw last night from uh, Jeff Petroikas from up in Wisconsin, beat writer yeah. on the Badgers, yeah. that Wisconsin at that time wasn't sure if Northwestern was going to be able to play this weekend. Really? So I'm sure that's what they're waiting on. They got to uh-huh. make sure because if you're shuffling, so around if it's one game games, or two games, right? So I'm sure that is part of the uh-huh. hang-up right now. Well, yeah, we could fit that in, but then what does that do for the Northwestern mm-hmm. and the Wisconsin schedules on top of it? So I would guess that's kind of where the waiting game is right now. Can the Wildcats play this weekend? If they can't, we got a whole lot of shuffling we have to do. Mm. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three kicks. You know, before we go to break, it's time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, you can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword green into the pop-up box. Green at KXNO.com, your chance at $1,000. Green at KXNO.com. Miller & Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 10 4th Street. Here's Harry. Now back to Miller & Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. 
Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. You know, of course, the Chris Street documentary tonight, Big Ten Network. But I have a feeling I'm going to spend a lot of time watching Valley Hoops tonight. Get to see the doggies back yep. in action. Can and, they... the, and the Unis are home tonight, too. Yeah. They're... They're going to white out at the McLeod Center. They're oh, going to really? try and pull that off. I'm looking at the uh, uh, the p- online poster for the Illinois State game tonight. So right now we have at the top of the standings SIU. Who was picked second in the preseason, okay. along with Belmont? Who was picked where? I think sixth or seventh. All they right. were down a little bit. And, you know, they had the oh, longtime head coach, and I can't think of his name now offhand. But Casey Alexander's taken over there for that program. They've been really, really good, really successful. And it was supposed to be kind of a step back. Rick Bird, that was his name, the old uh, coach at Belmont. It's kind of supposed to be a step back season. They're at the top of the standings mm. right now, and it'll be trips to Nashville throughout I'd have to sprinkle one of those in sometime. Well, you heard Emmenecker join yes. when he joined us yesterday. Him and a bunch of his former teammates are meeting up there. Indiana State, a half game back, and there is Drake, Bradley, Missouri State, and you and I, huh. all at 5-3. and three. You and I, I don't know how they do it. Nope. Bowen Bourne. Yep. No, that's a, big, that's a big reason right there. And Titan Anderson, another kid, another Iowa kid. He's played at a really high level. He's you know, 6'5 and having to play inside for him. Cole Henry from just down the road in Indianola. Uh, he's been coming off the bench and giving him some good minutes. But it's not a roster that scares you by any means. But then Jacobson could coach a little I was going to say, until you see the uh, head coach's name, and that uh, gets your attention because he's been there and done that. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night in the Valley tonight. There are a lot of fun ones coming up. It's going to be a heck of a race mm-hmm. uh, till we get to the end of that one. Real quick, since we only have a very short segment here, we looked yeah. at Saturday's games NFL-wise. From a betting perspective, uh, Buffalo's 5.5, that number keeps going up. I, I don't understand that. I don't like the way the Bills are playing. Do they have a switch? Boy, I sure hope so. Um, Something kind of stinks here, doesn't it? I, I agree. I and mean, you know what it is? I think, and you've been harping it all week, and you're right to do so. It's now there's three guys off an average line at best. Right. At best. This wasn't a terrific line. This was average. They can't answer the bell. And I'm looking right now 70% of the tickets, 64% of the money is on Cincinnati. And the number keeps going up. And it keeps going up. What does that tell you? Reverse line movement. There's no sure thing. Mm. But. A good percentage of the time, when you bet that angle, you're going to be profitable. That tells you to bet Buffalo in this game. I'd still jump on Cincinnati, but that makes me nervous, right? What What more is there? And this Buffalo team, it's not like they're, they've wowed us no, for two months. No, Allen's still making boneheaded decisions. I was going to say, is that Fred, ever going to leave him? Is that always going to be nah, who I think he that's is? who he is. You know he's kind of is. He's just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Just took the words right out of my <laughs> yeah. mouth. Uh, Dallas-San Francisco. Look, I get it. It's the, the Tampa Bay clubbing is, is planted in my head. They dominated them. Dak Prescott looked like uh, an all-pro quarterback again. Purdy, on the other hand, I thought that he looked like a rookie for the first time, at least early. Like He's surrounded by so many weapons. These, this, def, this team has so many different dudes, whether it's Kittle or McCaffrey um, or um, uh, 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 I can't think of his name, the Arizona Statewide. Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, use um, check out of the backfield, the big fella. <laughs> One of the best tackles in the game. Yeah, if not the best left tackle in Trent Williams, who's solid. The defense is terrific. But Dallas, there was just something about the way they played. Well, you know who else dominated Tampa Bay? Atlanta, Cincinnati, (laughs) San Francisco, Cleveland. That's just over the last month of the season. And Uh the New Orleans Saints for three and three quarters quarters. I just... Tampa stinks. Yeah, they do. I I think you're... 
you're overrating what you saw on mm-hmm. Monday night. You're going a little bit too far with the Cowboy Love because before that, Dak was playing terrible. Yep. He was. This team as a whole was yep. not playing real well. They weren't certainly the sharp self that we saw. That defense was not the defense we saw for the first couple of months of the season. Parsons outstanding. Mm-hmm. I believe in the talent of San Francisco. I think you're not alone in the memories of the 90s games with the Cowboys oh and 49ers. God. And hope we get How another How many times epic. did we hear that week that that game was played? Well, this is the real Super Bowl. Yes. I mean, he heard it every time. Summerall and Madden. And there's a reason he did, because it was a lot of years the real Super Bowl. We go to Candlestick. Candlestick. We go yeah. to Texas Stadium. Yeah, the hole in the roof. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be the same. Uh, I think the Niners murder them. You I, do. I think this is a clubbing of epic proportions. Hmm. So you're looking at an alternate line? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm laying over Do a touchdown. Do you go north, north of a touchdown? Yeah, Do you really? Nine and a half, probably. Wow. Dave Sproul next. We'll uh, go back to Hilton Coliseum. Another look at Texas-Iowa State. What lies ahead? Is he with, uh, was he with Trent and I this upcoming game in Stillwater this week? The building's going to be empty. There's going to be no buzz. Uh, I think this is a big spot for Iowa State. Uh, it's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI. Uh, as Iowa State puts another one in the win column, now a part of a three-way tie at the top of the wide-open Big 12. Dave, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I am doing very well. It's always a pleasure to speak with you guys. Well, and uh, doing so after another win for Iowa State last night. Boy, what a difference the... Uh, the first eight minutes uh, did not look like anything like the final 32 minutes of that basketball game for the most part. Texas was the more aggressive team early. It seemed like when Kalsher went out and then was reinserted, picked up two fouls quickly uh, in, in that basketball game, got reinserted, and then uh, things just changed, did they not? Yeah, that's that's fair to say. And, uh, you know, interesting comment from uh, T.J. Altenberg after the game when you felt like, you know, for whatever reason, they weren't quite as locked in and, and weren't quite as focused on the usual habits that make them a good defense. But once they got locked in there, you know, about halfway through the first half, uh, then it, it really changed the, the game. And that allowed, you know, Iowa State to go on a little run there and tighten that game up before halftime and then did the same thing in the second half, just uh, tightened it up kind of late there in the second half to uh, get off on a run. And I think there was a stretch in that second half where Texas went more than 10 minutes without a field goal. And then, uh, you know, Iowa State was able to do enough on offense to uh, surge ahead and, and secure the victory. What do you say when you watch this team now for another year, another great start about the coaching of T.J. Otzelberger, getting another new group to come in and to buy in and building that culture We've seen talented teams come through here, but it does feel different. It feels like what TJ is building is even a step above, or at least the opportunity to take that never, another step as a program. Just see what you've seen out of him a year and a half in. Yeah, it's just it's all about the buy-in with him. You know, I mean, he's going out and finding guys who he thinks are going to fit what they want to do, not just in terms of you know the physical stuff and and, and locking in on defense, but also playing for each other. It's a phrase he uses a lot. Or, you know, they got guys who, you know, want to 
do the right thing by their teammates and perform well to help their, their guys out. And that's a big part of it. Just, you know, what many, many coaches refer to now as culture. And, uh, and TJ is really focused on that. And I don't know if he uses that word exactly a lot, but he talks about, you know, core concepts and the things that he wants his guys to do day in and day out. And it's not just about showing up for practice on time, although obviously that's important for everyone. That's about, you know, eating your meals together, having breakfast together and, and, and being together on and off the court and then making sure you're connected on the court. Uh, so that you're in the right place to help a teammate out when, when it's needed. And so that's something he just goes back to constantly. He's the, probably the biggest uh, reason for his success at Iowa State so far is the fact that he finds guys who are willing to buy in and then enhances that uh, that quality and gets guys to play for each other. I don't know if Trey King was made available after the game last night. Do you have any idea what it was that uh, uh, that he got teed up for? Trent and I were kind of speculating that this may be a, a preemptive move on the on the officials' part, not necessarily targeted at him. He just happened to be the guy because the game started. It was, it was chippy. Um, and these two teams were getting after each other. It looked like maybe it was about to go to another level, and, and the officials wanted to take control. Do you think that was the case, Dave? Did did you hear? Yeah, I think that's kind of generally the idea. Uh, King didn't speak to the media, and, and I don't think T.J. Osselberg was asked about it after the game. But they showed on ESPN Plus, you know, they, they went to a break, and they come out and they said, well, here's here's a, a non, uh, what, what they called, they, was, they didn't call it a technical foul, but it essentially is. Uh, and they showed that after, you know, there was a scramble play underneath the basket, and, and King got kind of mixed up with another guy and they kind of bumped each other a little bit. He probably could have called a T either way or maybe called a double T if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but they, they tagged King. And I think what you guys were saying earlier was right, that they just wanted to get a hold on the chippiness and maybe the physicality of this game and make sure it didn't get out of hand. So uh, they were maybe a little quick on the trigger there, but there was also some, some physicality uh, during uh yeah, during a stop in play that, uh, gave them enough of a, a reason to, to throw down the technical there. Tyrese, in his return, uh, I, I saw a clip of uh, one of the security people saying, don't even say his name. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> you knew that wasn't going to be the case. But, you know, the, the reception and the booing, did it go too far? Did you have a problem with anything? From my perspective, I thought it was all good. How about you, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you really crossed any egregious lines. I'm not really a fan of like swearing at guys, especially during a chant that can be heard on TV. And, it, you know, it's going to make you look bad uh, as a fan base. I'd say, you know, mostly that's students and they're going to do that kind of thing. So you got to kind of learn to live with it, even though I'm not a fan of it. And I don't like booing in general. Uh, probably uh, something I, I was taught very, at a very young age not to do as a fan uh, by my parents. But for the most part, it seemed like it was within the bounds of what's acceptable and what's fairly common when you're when you're riding a guy that you don't particularly care for so i think uh you know the fans came out they did what they wanted to do it didn't get truly ugly mm-hmm. at any point and uh, for the most part uh, tj alberger and iowa state uh, as a team seemed to handle that pretty well uh also they you know said all the right things about you know yeah we appreciate what he did for us last season but now he's another opponent and we're gonna uh approach it at such and it worked out pretty well because they shut him down after uh a hot start. Yeah, they really did. You know, a lot being made, and we didn't see it on the um, on the broadcast last night. The, the the handshake line. Apparently, TJ spent a significant amount of time uh, talking to his former point guard Tyrese Hunter. Did you see that, Dave? 
I didn't see that, but I, I did see he was asked about it afterwards in the post game press conference. And he just said, "Hey, I, I, I told I told him I appreciate what you guys what you did for us last year. Wish you the best of luck, best mm-hmm. of health." And that was that was about all TJ said about it publicly. All right, going to show my age, going to show Ken's age. Maybe you can help us out, Dave. Though you got a couple years on me. So after the game, the Iowa State official men's basketball Twitter account puts out the winning, you know, little graphic up there. And it has like three puffs or three, looks like win, something like that. Tyrese Hunter, when there was some John back and forth this summer, had a similar. Do you know what that emoji means? Or are we too old to understand this and we need help? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, as, as you're sure it's not the uh, the little cyclone I wonder or, if that's it's not that. Nope, it's emoji. not that one. No, it was... So Tyrese, this summer, I think it was something that Kalsher had put up. Okay. Basically, his response was, it looks like a wind emoji, almost. Maybe blowing, oh, okay. blowing yeah, wind or blowing now. smoke, something like that. And then Iowa State responded last night after the wind with the same emoji coming back the way. But, well, here we are. Old guys talking about emoji on the radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah that, that's, a game, that's a game I really don't uh, <laughs> play very much. So uh, I, I couldn't tell you much about it. Who was behind the whiteout? Whoever was deserves a raise. Ooh, they pulled yes. it off in a big, big way. Yeah, that's the that's the marketing department in all likelihood. Mary Pink has been there for quite uh, quite a while now, and uh, yeah, they've they've pulled off some some stuff like that where they tried to get everybody to wear you know the same color. Uh, and and one thing we know about Iowa State fans, they they buy in. If it's, yep. if it's time to get behind their team, they are going to go all in on it. So I'm not surprised it turned out uh, as well as it did. And, and obviously, they picked the right game for it. You know, they knew who was coming back to town and. And you know uh, the the general feelings towards Texas, uh, you know, as as a as an athletic department, if you will. So yeah, they they picked the right night to do it. Got the emotions up, got everybody involved, and it turned into a really uh, what could I? I wasn't actually able to go to the game last night, but from what I saw, you know, watching the replay off the ESPN Plus, it looked like it, it paid off and uh, got uh, got everybody involved. Real, real quick, like twenty seconds left. Are you with Trent and I on this Oklahoma State being a tricky spot this week? Not because they're a better roster than Iowa State. It's just the building's going to be dead. I just wonder if this is the letdown spot. This is, I think it's a tricky spot. Are you buying that? Uh, probably not as much as you guys. I, I don't know that um, I'm too worried about it. I don't think Iowa State's going to take anybody lightly. I don't think they're uh, going to worry about the atmosphere when they go on the road. And maybe it's better that it's quiet because the harsh atmosphere at uh, Iowa City didn't treat them very well, so yeah. maybe it's maybe it's better off. But I, I think they'll be able to to keep it uh, keep everything in front of them, so to speak. We will talk with you next week, Dave Sproul. Thank you. Do you have a basketball game coming up this Friday? You're calling. I'm in the Fort Dodge, fellas. Wish me luck. Have Hope fun. You get out. Take care, Dave Sproul. KSI 1430. That's where little cyclones play uh, as well. I'm just two. throwing some shade at Fort Dodge. I love you, Dodgers. <laughs> uh, hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon 106.3 KXNO.